DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to talk some Pac-12 football with Yogi Roth from the Pac-12 Networks. And he joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint is the network built for unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Yogi, good morning. Good morning, indeed. How are you? Good. So there's a lot of different games and a lot of different uh, teams, and obviously we want to spend a lot of time on BYU and Utah here. But I have to ask you, what the heck happened to Arizona? What was that? How could they not? For- I mean, they forced one punt, one field goal. It was six turnovers, six touchdowns. That defense, uh, should everyone just start licking their lips? Is everyone going to go through that, or is Hawaii a little different? I, I don't know, man. I mean, they're going to they're gonna break somebody's heart in this conference. You know, I mean, we could see it, right? Can't, can't you imagine a world where it's October and somebody's rolling and undefeated, and then Cleo Tate kind of goes off? It, they'll have they'll bounce back. You know, it's because he's so talented. But I think you're right. You know, watching that game, you said Hawaii had two turnovers, three six. turnovers. Yeah, say it was a wrap, but six. It was it was crazy. And when they weren't turning it over, Cole McDonald looked like. He was just dealing, man. Their quarterback, and, and I, I'm, I got Hawaii again against UW in, in a couple weeks, and they obviously have Oregon State uh, coming up next weekend. So, yeah, it was it's a tough one for Arizona. Obviously, not the way you want to kick things off. Uh, they'll bounce back and win the next game. But you're right. I mean, they got to find some answers. You know, nobody's going to play perfect week. You know, game one, they clearly didn't. And uh, it was one of those. It was weird for me watching. You know, like when they tied it up said to myself okay here comes jj taylor they're gonna pound the rock and just kind of control the clock and they'll win ugly late and they had their chances and they obviously didn't you know came up a yard short from at least taking the thing to ot so i was bummed as, as like everybody everybody else uh, i think was watching that one uh, except for this asu <laughs> fan here but uh, we'll let that go <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta win for the conference i mean i think that that to me is you know well, that that just has to happen, you know, for for this because that's going to be the argument, right? Like, let's just say they play, let's just say Washington, right? They're they have them at home. Remember the ASU UW game a couple of years ago? Todd Graham was coaching. It was like ten seven or yeah. whatever the score was. Yeah, like there's a world where that happens, you know, and that's just that's just going to be a gut punch to the conference nationally because the rest of the country wrote off Arizona, you know, like. Nobody cares, you know. Like that's just going to be that's kind of how the narrative is. So that's why I was bummed for that, for that one, because that, that that's just going to happen. They'll knock someone off, and every pundit that doesn't pay attention to the West Coast is going to say, "Oh wow, yeah, that conference is just you know everybody beats everybody." So I was listening to your podcast. I think you were actually at Tonazona, and you were doing it with somebody, uh, a, a lady, I, I don't remember who, but uh, she said that she was talking about a Sun Devil, and she said, it reminds me of you, Yogi. He's never had a bad day in his life. And so <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, now that football is here, this is, of all the days that you've never had a bad day, this has got to be right there at the number one with the start of the season. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, this is this is what you dream of. I, I mean, this is why you play. You know, it's really fun. You know, we get to go at all these coaches' meetings, you know, gearing up for they got two games this week. And every coach says the same thing. I think at every level in the first game of the year is we just we can't wait to play, and we only get 12 of them, you know, at this level. So same deal for us. You know, like we only get prepare for – I get to prepare for maybe 14 of them or whatever it is. 
Um, we get a couple games a week, but I can't wait. You know, and you get to know all these stories, you know all these kids, you get to know them with their helmets off, and the craft that we love, and the craft that creates, you know, the the, the commonality of a of a team, no matter what level of football you're playing at, gets to be put on put on a stage. You know, so I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to watch Jaden Daniels tonight as a true freshman. I can't wait to see Utah deal with the pressures and anticipation and anxiety that comes with everybody loving them and, and up and down the list for, for games starting today and, and going through the weekend. Yogi Roth joining us here. So, uh, okay, big game, BYU and Utah. Uh, how much do you trust Utah's offensive line? Because got a really good running back. If, if their line rolls, then the running back's going to roll and everything goes from there. How much do you trust Utah's O-line? Yeah, I heard there was a game going on. I heard that's kind of a big one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do, I, and I say it because I was, you know, I was at camp. Um, it was early. It was the first stop I saw. But my takeaway, outside of how hard this team practices and the competitiveness at every position that was, you know, put on exhibit on, on the practice field, was the O line was moving the defensive line. You know, they weren't just putting a body on a body, but they were distorting their reads. You know, and and when that happens. Um, and, you know, and I'm not, it was one snippet, you know, maybe it was the D line had a bad day, but I don't think so. And you look at them, I mean, they're grown men. They looked the part and I love how they added a little depth, you know, via the portal, but I, I, I do trust the offensive line. You know, I think Nick Ford's got a chance to be an all everything type of player with his athleticism. You know, you know, I, I can, we have a couple of pictures of him that we use in the spring game of him when he was in high school, you know, at 190 pounds. And then he was 215. Then he was 240. And now I don't know what he is, but he's definitely not 195 pounds, <laughs> you know, playing the offensive line for them. And he's a gifted athlete. And I, I feel that way about that group. So I feel really good. Obviously, they get coached up well. They're never going to not know what they're doing under Jim Harding. But I, I think that they'll be the surprise position of this team just because we don't love them at all. And, uh, and I expect them to do well. And I expect him to move the ball. And I expect him to be able to distort defensive fronts. And I expect him to do it throughout the season. So you talk about the perspective nationally of the Pac-12 with Arizona losing to Hawaii. And I, I think that, you know, that certainly the conference can overcome that because Arizona's – I agree with you. They're going to surprise somebody. Khalil Tate, when, once he gets going, I mean, he's as, as exciting as a player as there is to watch. And it was certainly fun to watch him the other night. Uh, with that in mind – you know, there's a couple of big games this weekend. Well, really three of them when you look from the – well, four, really. Uh, I'll probably go five or six if I keep talking myself into it. You know, SC and Fresno, and we know about uh, the Oregon-Auburn and then uh, Cincinnati and the Bruins. And then tonight, obviously, in both those games, uh, tonight with BYU and Utah. So how important is literally this very first week – for the conference and its rep and its reputation. Yeah, and how about Stanford Northwestern? There you go. I knew I was missing one other chance. one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's important. I mean, I, I'd even put in Oregon State, Oklahoma State. You know, it's got to make it's got to be competitive. You know, uh, they can't give up four hundred yards on the defensive front. They have to show some improvement from a year ago. I think it's big, you know, and I think there's an argument for every level of this conference in the games. At the top, clearly Utah, to me, and Oregon carrying, you know, the torch right now in terms of the hype and the type of game that's being played. 
think SC, they, I think they're going to score 40. You know, I was texting with uh, Clay Helton yesterday. I mean, they're they're really excited about this team. And you're going to biggest team that clearly won a boatload of games last year in Fresno State, always coached up well. They'll do some special things. But SC should win the game, you know. And, and I think this team is, a, you know, they're angry right now. And they've been that way since the final game of the season um, against, I think it was Notre Dame last year when they, when they you know, didn't go to a bowl game. So I, th- I think they need to show out. And then I look at, like, UCLA, right? Chip Kelly is still, you know, one of the hottest brands in all of football. And I think for them to go to Cincinnati, if they lost, it, it would just it – would, it won't be good. And I don't expect them to do to, to lose. I, I've seen them practice a bunch of times. You know, they got 87 freshmen and sophomores on this team. I think they're going to do some, some really fun Chip Kelly-esque things on offense. Uh, just because he's got guys that, while young, they've been around him for over a year now. So I expect them to play well. But so I think you can kind of make an argument at the top and then these middle-tier games. And then Stanford-Northwestern, you know, it, it's not getting a lot of love. But, you know, it should. It's got two head coaches that clearly are coaching at their alma mater. And I think Fitzgerald, this is it's year 13 or 14 for him. And I think it's nine for Coach Shaw. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. And, it you know, they're kind of mirror images of each other in terms of clearly academics, even consistent style of play. Northwestern's looking for a new quarterback. Stanford's got KJ Costello coming back and some young wideouts like Michael Wilson. That He'll be known by everybody by week four or five. And, and an improved defense. I think mean, they've got linebackers that look apart. They would, you know, everybody would want them coming off the bus and, and starting for their team. And the best corner, you could argue, in the country, and Paulson Adebo. Uh, guy's just freaky. So up and down, man. There, there's big games. You'd love this conference to go 11-1. and one probably a little bit unrealistic just based on how the ball bounces, but need to win a bunch of those games, in my opinion. Yogi Roth from the Pac-12 Networks joining us here. So you bring up Stanford. I think we should put USC in the same boat here. Uh, The Pac-12 has a poor reputation nationally because the last couple years, there are people who think that they overschedule. And then, I mean, they're playing nine conference games, and a lot of them are playing a 10th Power 5 game. And then you look at what Stanford has done with Northwestern, Central Florida, and Notre Dame, what USC has done with Fresno State, BYU, and Notre Dame. Uh, would you tell them to knock it off and calm down on the scheduling? Or is this the way it ought to be and forget the national perception? Do it the right way. Your fans want big games. They're paying big money. Don't don't truck in a big sky team. What would you say? I'd say keep the competition going. You know, I mean, I, I'm calling UW against Eastern Washington. You know, it might be the scariest of them all, right? I mean, or Cal UC Davis. Like you can kind of flip a coin. Team went to the national championship last year. UW's got a new quarterback, losing the most two productive players on the history of that school on offense. And Gaskin and Jake Browning, Miles Gaskin, the running back. Then defensively replacing nine starters. You know, like, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, I would love if they kind of rolled out the, you know, podunk you and did it like a lot of schools do. But um, that I, I don't think that's that's never been what this conference has been about and these schools have been about. What, what I hope changes is, obviously, I, I'd love more teams to get into the playoffs. You know, I'd love the conference champ to get an automatic berth. But that's not reality today. But what is reality is I hope that, the 13-member committee pays attention and doesn't go back and say, well, Arizona lost to Hawaii, and they had a close game against Washington so or a close game against Utah. So, yeah, we got to drop them. 
in this week's ranking. Like that to me is such amateur hour. And that has happened in the past, you know, and I get it. Like they're going to compare games and they can't watch every snap, but the job is to watch every snap. You know, the job is, it's just, it's just sad. And I don't like it. I don't like ESPN has basically made college football all about the playoff and four teams. And you talk to people that broadcast for them and, They'd say the same thing. I met with, uh, I remember I was talking to Fowler over the summer, Chris Fowler, and I said, don't you feel it's a responsibility to share the truth of what goes on in these conferences versus just hype up the four teams? He's like, yeah, totally, of course, but the fan speaks. Like, it's about the playoff, and we get it. Like, that's why the ratings for the playoff shows are what they are and why people care about that. And, and that's unfortunate to me because it's hurt other bowl games other than the Rose Bowl for the most part. And I think it's hurt overall the game, you know. So if you don't go undefeated, let's just look at Stanford a couple of years ago with Christian McCaffrey when they smoked Iowa, right? You can't tell me they weren't one of the best four teams in the country. But they had two losses, you know, so they weren't even in the conversation. And to me, like, I've got empathy in, uh, for when there's a two-loss team, if they're one of the best teams, you know, and you've gone through a gauntlet. You know, if it's about the four best teams at the time, then put the four best in. And if it's not, which you could argue it hasn't always been based on who's lost late in the year, then let's just put in Oklahoma, Clemson, you know, Ohio State, and you know you can flip a coin for the fourth team if if you really want to. And and that's not that's not good for the game. So so I hope really at the end of the day people just do their job, which is which is pay attention and and understand the gauntlet that some of the teams have to go through. Stanford being one of them. Yeah, do you think they pay attention nationally to the rivalry here locally that we have and how tough it is for Utah to beat BYU, even though they've done it eight, nine times in a row? The, the games, most of them have been very close, if not decided on the final play. So it is an accomplishment to beat those guys, no matter which team it is, particularly from the Pac-12 perspective. So the point being, would Utah get any national credit for beating BYU? Yeah, I think, I think that rivalry is really respected within college football. But I do think this year, with all the hype that's there, um, you know, there's there's not really margin for error just because there's such a, there's such a hype train movement on this team right now. Um, but you're right. I went back and looked at the last couple of games the other night and said, "Whoa, these these are all really close." You know, Zach Moss hasn't done much. You know, in these games, I'm kind of curious to see how this one shakes out. And then you look at Utah historically in the opener; um, they haven't. You know, haven't been extremely efficient for four quarters, and the last time BYU played, it's the most efficient game that you could possibly have at the quarterback position, at least with that going eighteen of eighteen. So I think this is going to be a, a real fun game to watch. Um, I'm really excited for it. What I hope happens um, is when Utah goes three and out, three and out, three and out, because I think that'll happen at some point in the game. I can't wait to watch Tyler Huntley and this team because I think they're built for it deal with that adversity that, that's where i think like there's a ton of hype for this team but i think like you guys and like that's said the pac-12 networks if you've been tracking it i think they're right on schedule you know like that, that's why i think they're, they're they're truly built for a run this year because of the vets because of the talent because of the next level talent um and the acumen and the big games guys have played in and showed up in that I, I don't flinch you know and I don't kind of, oh, I hope they, they do well. Like, I know this is a really good football team. You know, will they play perfect every week? No chance. Will they lose one along the way? Probably. Um, will they lose two? Let's hope not. 
because I do think that they've got all the, t- the tools necessary to compete, you know, with those, you know, massive powerhouses that have been mainstays in the college football playoff conversation. Yogi, we appreciate a few minutes. Uh, enjoy the opening week of action, and we will uh, talk to you again down the road. Okay, guys. Talk to you soon.